0: Before I begin, I I realize that I have one more announcement to make, and that is um, the center will be closed at 12 noon on November the 22nd, in observance of Thanksgiving. Uh, Of course, we'll be closed on Thanksgiving Day. So as a result of that, we won't have our, our Bible study on the 22nd. Right, so that you know. However, the choir is not off the hook, okay? <laughs> so we've made arrangements to have choir practice over at Vista Park. And uh, our choir practice will begin at 3 p.m. So we will uh, go from 3 to 5. All right, and then uh, we're gonna make arrangements. If anyone uh, wants to eat there after choir practice, uh, they'll be able to do that. But we would ask that you would purchase a ticket Uh, in advance so that uh, they have an idea of the the number of folks who might be eating alright so let's turn to the book of Genesis and the chapter 13 as we continue looking at this champion of faith Abraham Abraham the friend of God and this is part 3 Abraham the friend of God part 3 Genesis chapter 13 and beginning at verse 1. Then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him, to the south. Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel, to the place where, he, where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai to the place of the altar which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Lot also went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. The Canaanites... And the parasites then dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, Please, let there be no strife between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen. For we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me, and if you take the left, then I will go to the right. For if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go toward Zoah. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there to the Lord. Let's pray. Please. Our Father in God, We pray that you be our teacher through God the Holy Spirit. Speak to our hearts and enable us to understand. Enable us, O Lord, to learn lessons from the life of Abraham, the friend of God forever.
1: And O Lord, as we
0: study your word, we pray that we will apply its truths to our lives. That we might bring honor and glory to you. That we might be useful and beneficial in the kingdom of God. That we might make a positive difference in the lives of those, not only in our own families, but in our neighborhoods, and our extended families. And within the community in which we live, the state and the nation, And yes to the utter ends of the earth. We thank you, Father, for the wonderful privilege of being your children. We praise you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so Abraham returns to Canaan. Now you'll recall that initially his name was called Abram and eventually we get to a portion where his name was Change to abraham but just for the sake of ease we use his his uh, full name of of abraham the father of many nations or the father of many people and so last week we looked at abraham in egypt and uh, his deception there he had taken a detour and i was uh, sitting here thinking about uh, a time when the kids were young and we were on our way to Disneyland and of course I was driving because Cheryl won't drive on the freeway. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, it was at night and I thought, well, you know, I I think there's a detour here. I can take a shortcut, you know? And uh, so they, they were sleeping and, you know, two hours later she kinda, you know, thought, well, how much longer before we get there? I said, well, not much longer, <laughs> you know, I had to pull off uh, and, uh, at a service station, and the gentleman said, oh, man, you need to go back this way. Again. <laughs> so, you know, several hours later, we eventually got there, <laughs> but uh, isn't it true that we can also take detours in our Christian life. We are faced with so many different decisions every day. We have to make so many different decisions. And of course, some decisions are far more important than other decisions. Sometimes we make a a very bad decision, and it leads us down a wrong path. But God is the God of the second chance. Amen? And the third chance and the fourth chance. (laughs) (laughs) Our God is a forgiving and loving God. Now, sadly, sometimes when we take a detour or we make a mistake, it is so significant that it damages our witness. It damages our testimony. So here's a question. How effective do you believe Abraham would have been in witnessing to Pharaoh about the faithfulness of God after he had deceived the Pharaoh? Really think that one through? You see God brings people into our lives for many different reasons but the most important reason is to share God's love with that person every individual every individual that we that we come into contact with is a divine appointment a divine opportunity to share God's love with that person. I'll give you an example. So I needed to go over to the credit union, and so the Lord put it on my heart to take a little track with me. And uh, so I was praying for a specific lady, a specific teller, who works at the credit union. and So I just prayed and said, well, Lord, I, I, I pray that she'll be the one who helps me. So that I could can, I can share that track with her and, and, uh, and speak to her. And sure enough, as I walked in, uh, she looked up and said, I can help you here. <laughs> so I said, Amen. You know? so, so she was working on the transaction there. And uh, I handed her the, the, the track. And uh, she said, Oh, yes, that's right, you're from the church. And I said, yes, and I believe that you know the Lord, right? She said, oh, yes, yes, but I'll give this to my husband. (laughs) Because he doesn't believe. I said, oh, but but you believe. And she said, oh, yes, 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 I I believe. But I want my husband to believe. You see, so to pray for her husband. But every individual that we come into contact with is a divine opportunity for us to share God's love with them. And we have to be, we have to be very careful about the kind of life that we live in front of others. You know, there are some people who say, well, I don't care what they think about me. Well, you ought to. You need to care. You need to care because you are an ambassador. You are a heavenly ambassador. You represent the king. And we are to share the king's love with all people. So Abraham was put out by Pharaoh. Pharaoh said, go, take everything and get out of Egypt. I wonder if he said, and don't come back. I don't know, you know. But notice that as time passed, Abraham became a very wealthy man. Now, there are those who want you to believe that wealth is a bad thing. No, it's not. It's a very good thing. It's not a bad thing to be wealthy. Job was... One of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest, men in the Middle East during his lifetime. And he was considered a very, a very righteous man. The Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. No, it's the love of money. Alright? Making money or wealth a God. But wealth, wealth is a good thing and can be used. In God's kingdom, to bless the lives of many people and to further the kingdom of God. Church buildings cannot be built unless they're paid for. <laughs> we visited Cheryl and I with a with a dear friend of ours. We mentioned to you uh, to you uh, her name to you uh, last week, Miss Jody Kelly, who is a church organist, and there uh, was in an accident and her neck was broken. So in the hospital there, we went to visit her and she was sitting up and you know uh, getting better and, and uh, couldn't wait to get back to play the organ in church. But her son was sitting there uh, and he's a great big guy. He was a bodybuilder and stuff and uh, former uh, Metro officer Danny. And it, you know, they were just so overjoyed to see us and then Danny began talking to me about his brother in Florida. And he says, yeah, he makes like $25 million a year. And I got to thinking, you know, I need to spend more time with then. <laughs> 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 because maybe, just maybe, his brother might be home, you know, <laughs> to help our church, you see. And so you can pray about that. Pray about that. But Abraham was wealthy. The Lord blessed him, and Lot as well. Lot was blessed because of his relationship with Abraham. And having returned, notice it says he called upon the name of the Lord. He returned back to Canaan, and that's where he was supposed to to both go and stay, and he left, going into Egypt, but... The Lord got his attention and he made his way back to Canaan. Now while they're in, in Canaan and remember that the land of Israel was called initially Canaan. Named after Canaan C-A-N-A-A-N the son of Ham the son of Noah. big <coughs> it's so important to understand this history because the Arabs never occupied that land. What is being told to people is a lie. It belonged to the Canaanites but they had become so immoral that God gave that land. He took it from the Canaanites and he gave it to Abraham and to his descendants, as we read, forever. And I mentioned this last time. What does forever mean in Hebrew? It means the same thing in English. It means forever. Alright? That's what it means. Uh, I listened to uh, uh, a man a representative of the Israeli government at the UN this past week. Oh my goodness, what a speech he gave. Powerful, powerful speech. But he said, this is the title deed to the land of Israel. It was given to our father Abraham and it was given to us forever. Make no mistake about it, Israel, the land of Israel, the land of Canaan, belongs to Israel. So both Abraham and Lot prospered. They were blessed, but limited resources. You say, well, wait a minute. They were blessed and they were limited resources. Yes, the land where they were located was still inhabited by the Canaanites and the Perizzites. and their herds needed water, and they needed food, and so the resources were scarce. And as their herds continued to grow, and as they hired more and more herdsmen, these guys began to have some issues, some strife. And sometimes that happens in families. Sometimes there's (coughs) strife. So the situation needed to be effectively managed. And it required wisdom. Wisdom on the part of Abraham. We learn a tremendous lesson. Just moving on to the third third point here. Abraham, he certainly wasn't perfect. He he made mistakes just as we make mistakes. But there is so much to learn from Abraham's character. He demonstrates gracious generosity. Notice, God had given him the land. And so he comes to to Lot and he says, please, let there be no strife among us. We're brothers. We're, We're family. There shouldn't be strife among us. We should live at peace one with another. Wouldn't you like your your household to be a household of peace? That's the the shalom of God. (laughs) Full contentment. Contentment. Tremendous, tremendous blessing to live a life of contentment, being content in God. And so Abraham says, you know what? Tell you what. All land is before you. You choose to the right, I'll go to the left. You choose the left, I'll go to the right. You choose. Notice the graciousness of, of, of Abraham. He, he displays mature wisdom. He manages the situation. Now, some folks might have gotten upset. He might have, you know, wagged that finger and raised his voice and said, now who in the world do you think you are? You're, you know, you're my nephew. You ought to show me some respect. But he didn't do that, did he? You see, the foolish man does that. The foolish person acts that way. But the wise, the mature person, is magnanimous in their character. Patient in overlooking. Disrespect. Abraham gives Lot the opportunity to choose. He demonstrates grace and generosity, and, and Lot reveals his character, doesn't he? What does Lot do? Does he say, oh, no, my dear uncle, oh, no, God forbid. You should choose, and I'll take whatever is left. Or does he say, oh, no, inquire of the Lord and ask him what, what he would have us to do? No, what does Lot do? Well, oh, he liked it when he was down there in Egypt because Egypt, you know, was fancy. And remember that Egypt represents the world in the Bible, the temporary world. But he looked across the Jordan Valley and he, he saw this well-watered valley, green, verdant, you know, valley. Oh, perfect for cattle. See, he looked with the eye, the physical eye. And the Bible says we walk not by sight, right, but by faith. You see, Abraham already knew that God had blessed him and had given him the whole land. But he didn't feel the need to to keep it to himself. You understand? He said, no. He said, choose. So what does Lot do? Well, he was short-sighted. And just like those who run after the world and all the glitter of the world, he ran to the green fields of Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Bible goes on to say. And the men of that city, that area, were wicked and sinful before the Lord. And what do we know of Sodom and Gomorrah? Eventually, it was destroyed. And why? Because immorality, sexual immorality, homosexuality and everything else was going on there. It was an accepted lifestyle. (coughs) That is, it was an accepted lifestyle socially, but not acceptable to God. (coughs) Never forget that Christians are to be different. We are different. We are to recognize what is truth, and we are to stand up for that truth. Lot chose the green fields of Sodom and Gomorrah, resulting in tragedy. But Abraham, he remained in Canaan. He remained in Canaan. And after, the Bible says, after Lot separated from Abraham, that the Lord appeared again to Abraham and spoke to him, and he was blessed by God. And when you read there, he says, Now, arise, verse 17, Walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Amazing. And the promise is a promise forever. Well, what do we learn from these passages? Course corrections are required after taking a dangerous detour. Repentance and renewal. We said a moment ago, our God is the God of the second chance. And people need to know that God is the God of the second chance. People think that God is some old, you know, mean old man sitting up there with this great big stick And every time you mess up, boom, he wants to, you know, smack you on the head. That is not God. God is loving. God is kind. Yes, the Bible teaches God hates sin. But God loves the sinner. He sent his son to provide forgiveness. And God knows every person's name. He knows every person's address. And when we as Christians, when we take a detour, when we fail, don't live in the failure. Don't live in the failure. Run to the Lord. Repent and be renewed in your relationship with God. When he saved you, here's the amazing thing, God knew you before you were saved. Alright? Well, actually, he knew you when you were... And I don't want to confuse anyone here, but, uh, you know, when when you're a baby, in a very real sense, you have the gift of salvation because you're in a state of innocence. And if you die as a baby, you go to be with the Lord. But... The moment, and it's at the age of accountability, which varies among people, but it's when a child knows the difference between right and wrong. That is, they know the moral difference between right and wrong. It's not like making a mistake on the chalkboard when the teacher tells the child to go up and you know add two and two, and the kid goes up there and puts five. Maybe just to irritate the teacher. Even, okay? <laughs> That's a mistake, yes, but that's not a moral mistake, unless he really is doing it to irritate the teacher. (laughs) But when the child knows that they're about to tell a lie, and in their heart, that little voice is saying, don't tell that lie. And they choose to tell it anyway. You understand? They become a sinner. They've actually revealed that they are a sinner. Now they need saving. But we as Christians, when we do something that we know is displeasing to God, we need to repent. We need to agree with God. We need to change both our mind and our life and say, yes, Lord, I was moving in this direction. I I need to move back and move in this direction to you. Renewed. And God, with loving, open arms, He embraces us and he, he forgives us. But also, many, many in this room and many people are blessed with tremendous prosperity. But that prosperity must be managed wisely. We bear responsibility. You know, I see these shows where, where people have been given homes in various cities throughout the United States. Yeah, we're running out of time there. They get these homes for real cheap. The government provides them these homes. Something that they didn't actually work for. Mm. And they destroy them. Why? Because they have no investment in that home. They didn't work for it. And today, they're telling us that but to say to work for something or to, to be a, a hard worker is racist. I wonder what my father would have told me when he had me out there working, if I said, Dad, you're a racist making me work like this. <laughs> Notice, graciousness reveals a loving, generous heart. Abraham was a righteous man. And here's the amazing thing. We are righteous people. Not in our own righteousness, but because we've been blessed with the righteousness of Christ. We're robed in his righteousness, and we're supposed to know how to live righteous lives. Because God the Holy Spirit enables us to do so, and we are to be people who are blessing the lives of other people. And lastly, fulfilling God's will is always the wisest choice. To fulfill God's will is always the wisest choice. To make that choice, first you have to recognize what God's will is. You have to know it. Then you have to respond. To be engaged in it. And then, guess what? God is so good. He's so gracious. He's so kind. He chooses to reward us. He's the one who empowers and enables us to fulfill His will. He reveals His will, enables us to fulfill it, and then He rewards us for doing what he empowers us to do. God is a generous God. And you see, Abraham, Abraham, really, in in the scripture, Abraham symbolizes God the Father. You notice? Instead of lambasting Lot, he says, you choose. You choose today you have an opportunity to make a choice, to give your heart, to give your life to the Lord Jesus. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation here. Open my eyes that I may see. To follow the Lord in believers' baptism. Become a member of of the Lord's church here at Aliante. Whatever Whatever that decision is that you need to make, make it quickly. Let's stand, please, as we sing.